0: Welcome back. This is Best to Show, the competition brewing podcast. This show is dedicated to all things in the world of competitive home brewing. I'm your host, John Black, and I intend to provide you with updates on which brewers are taking home medals in the biggest competitions across the country, as well as keeping you up to speed on what competitions are coming up so that you won't miss out on being a part of the next big competition. I'd like to start things out this week by thanking a five-star reviewer on the Apple podcast platform. So thank you to the Barking Dog Garage for the five stars and the kind words. Remember, those five-star reviews will help drive others to the program, so please support us with a review on whatever platform you listen on. This podcast is just an extension of my passion for homebrewing, so these reviews are a great pat on the back to keep me motivated to get out the best content for y'all. I also want to let you know that I've expanded the podcast to a YouTube channel for those who prefer that platform. While I won't be posting videos of the interviews, mainly because I have a face made for radio, but it will be the full audio feed from the podcast with some related images for the competitions that are being covered. Be sure to subscribe and check it out, as you may occasionally get some bonus features posted there. This weekend had some interesting happenings around the country, and I'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly with you. We'll also be joined on the podcast by Gavin Andrews, the founder of the Hoppy Possum Southern Brewers Cup in Johnson City, Tennessee. This competition and homebrew festival has $10,000 up for grabs for amateur brewers in beer, mead, and cider. You won't want to miss this interview to find out how you can participate for your chance at some of that cold hard cash. Now on to some of the best of show award winners from this weekend's competitions. The Urban Knaves of Grain Drunk Monk Challenge held their awards ceremony this past Saturday for their 565 entries judged and featured a live stream of the awards on their Facebook page. You have to give it to Friar Dan Atchinson for dressing the part. And when a competition puts on a great awards show, they get special recognition on this podcast with an audio clip of the winning announcements. So here's Friar Dan with the best of show winners. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Urban Names of Grain Drunk Monk Challenge Award Ceremony. Best of show, Mead and Cider. Third place, O to the HOD, a mellow Mel by Matthew Mead.
1: Second place, Mead and Cider, Michigan Star Thistle, a semi-sweet mead by Matthew Mead. In first place,
0: Ice Cider by Jay Cash. Best of Show beer. It all comes down to this, y'all. Third place, Lampin' 29, by Stephen Schmidt. Second place, really? Best of Show, Virtuosity Chili, a Spice, Herb, and Vegetable beer by John Phillips. And in first place, Bill Gates' Bach, a Dunkel's Bach by Bill Gates. Congratulations to all the winners. I only had two beers submitted, And one went to many Best of Show, but I fell just short of the medal stand this time. Maybe next year. Next up is the Amber Waves of Grain Western New York Homebrewer Competition, hosted by the Niagara Association of Homebrewers. The Best of Show beer went to Brian Maramoreo with the Flanders Red Ale named King Paimon. And the Best of Show for Mead and Cider goes to Ben and Danae Gilmore with the Tart Cherry Stonefruit Mead. Last week, I indicated that we would cover the results for the Peach State Brew-Off in Atlanta, Georgia, as this competition is part of the Circuit of America. Despite having the awards ceremony as planned, there was an issue with the mead and cider judging being completed on time. As your competition correspondent, I reached out to Graham Barron of the Peach State Brew-Off Organizing Committee, and he graciously offered this statement for anyone wondering what happened and when the results will be posted. And I quote, We plan to get the meads and ciders judged as soon as possible, but do not have a definite date yet. We received a record number of mead and cider entries this year, about three times the normal amount. While we are excited about that, it created a bit of an unexpected strain on our judging capacity, as there are a limited number of judges who are mead certified and or have enough experience making and tasting meads to be able to judge them properly. We obviously want to make sure people receive quality feedback from the competition whether they are submitting a beer, cider, or mead. Meads and ciders have their own best of show judging so it made more sense for us to get the over 400 beer entries judged before the Meads and Ciders rather than trying to judge them piecemeal along the way. We understand that people are anxious to get feedback for their meads and we want to get the competition wrapped up as quickly as possible. We are in discussions with several professional mead makers here in the Atlanta area who operate commercial meaderies to assist us with this judging and to ensure quality feedback for those who entered. Entrants with questions are free to email me at organizer at coverthops.com, and we will provide people updates as soon as we have them. So I appreciate Graham's response. I know things don't always go the way we want when we're running a competition, but we should all recognize that these are all volunteers and that communication is the key when things don't go as planned. So hopefully this information is helpful to those with Mead and Cider entries that are waiting on their results. Out of respect to those competitors, I will wait to announce the full results when the competition is complete. So now, let me put on my TMZ hat for this next bit of competition news with a shocking freeze in Arizona. I'm not talking about the weather either. There are rumors of a fridge malfunction that froze some of the beers entered into the Arizona spring classic. Kudos to the Arizona spring classic for their handling of the situation. As I understand they're doing their best to make things right for those affected competitors and for any competitors that lost a fantastic beer to the Arizona freeze of 2022, my heartfelt condolences go out to you. Well, I'm not sure if this segment turned into a competition news or just an old gossip column, but we're moving forward now, so let's talk about what's coming up. I'll provide links in the show notes and on the Facebook and Instagram pages for easy access if you're interested in registering for any of these competitions. As mentioned on last week's episode, there's a new circuit starting up in North Texas. The first stop on that circuit is the Celtic Brew-Off, organized by the Knights of the Brown Bottle and assisted by the Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Registration is open now through April 9th, with two bottles required for judging. Just as it sounds, this competition is themed with Irish and Scottish beers only. There is a cap of one entry per subcategory and a $10 entry fee. The awards are going to be given out on April 23rd. To find out more about this competition, go to northtexas.brewcomp.com. The MicroFest homebrew competition is kicking off in a couple of weeks in St. Louis, benefiting the Lift for Life gym. This 200 entry competition opens for registration from March 28th through April 15th, and it appears to have no style restrictions. Winners will be announced May 7th at their MicroFest event in St. Louis. And finally, we're just days away from the opening of registration for the National Homebrew Competition. NHC is a major event and arguably the most prestigious event to meddle in. Here are the key dates, so mark your calendars. Registration opens up on Tuesday, March 22nd and closes March 29th, unless capacity is reached sooner. The deadline to make entry updates closes on May 16th. This all leads up to the winners being announced at Homebrew in Pittsburgh on June 25th. Entries this year are $29 and require six bottles entered for judging. And my guest next week will talk a little about NHC, so be sure to tune in for that. As always, best of luck to all the brewers entering these competitions. And as a reminder to competition organizers, if you want to see your event more prominently featured on this podcast, please send me an email at competitionbrewpod at gmail.com. I'd be happy to get you on the show to talk about your event. This week I was intrigued by the Hoppy Possum Southern Brewers Cup Festival and homebrew competition as they boasted about $10,000 in cash prizes for the winners. I for one know I could find plenty of great brewing equipment to spend that kind of cash on. So I invited Gavin Andrews, the founder of the Hoppy Possum, to come on the show and talk about this unique homebrew event. my guest today is Gavin Andrews. Gavin's the founder of the Hoppy Possum Southern Brewers Cup in Johnson City, Tennessee. Gavin, welcome to the Best of Show podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, thanks for having me, I
0: appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, Glad to talk about the Hoppy Possum competition and your festival. What got you interested in starting up a a homebrew event like this?
1: Um, So I've been a homebrewer myself for many, many years um, and was highly involved in our local club. Uh, I was never a particular, particularly competitive home brewer, A lot of folks in our club were. Um, but we always served at a local craft beer festival called Thirsty Orange, this great event. But something we noticed was that the homebrew section of that festival was always more popular. It was just packed all the time. And the the pro side was a little bit less so. So that kind of spurred the conversation. Can we make a homebrew festival a standalone event? And how could we make it an event that stood out among everything else in the crowd and make something different. Um, So we put $10,000 in cash prizes up to hopefully attract the best of the best that we can find anywhere and create a really unique local event for folks.
0: So how many years has the event been around?
1: Yeah, it, uh, it started in 2019, it was our first year, um, and we got a great response from it. Tons of great feedback from the brewers and from the uh, just the attendees as well. So we were excited going into year two, but of course, um, as a lot of people remember, 2020, uh, things changed. So we didn't have our event in 2020, um, but in 2021, we came back for the second, what would have been the third uh, year for that
0: event. So what's changed over those years? Uh, We've
1: fine-tuned the rules a little bit. We wanna listen to the competitors because obviously they're the lifeblood of the event. Um, So the event is only successful if people are willing to buy a ticket to come drink these great beers. Um, So we really want buy-in from the competitors. So we try to listen to them and we fine-tuned a few things um, as far as eligibility, but not a whole lot has changed. The only thing that costs a competitor to participate is their beer and you have to bring enough to serve for the entirety of the event. So it is a pretty good amount of beer. Uh, We limit the number of competitors to 75 in anticipation of about uh, one to 2,500 people in attendance. If it grows from there, we may have to look at adding competitors, but it's a limited competitor pool. Everybody's allowed to enter up to three um, entries, whether beer or non-beer. It's not um, a sanctioned event, and we don't have sanctioned judges. Uh, so definitely fifth kind of is outside the mold of probably what a lot of your listeners are used to. So um, whether that's good, bad or otherwise, some people love it. Some people don't love it because it's it's different than what they're used to. But it's a people's choice event. The person or excuse me, the top five people in the beer category with the most votes move on to a final judging round where we do have industry professionals come in and, determine the final finishing order. Um, and for the non-beer, which is what was new in 2021, we added that quick category. Uh, the top three folks move on to that final judging round.
0: Uh, so, so pretty much you're saying it's, it's a combination of a people's choice event with a best of show for the final.
1: You got it exactly. Yeah. So this year will be the first year we add digital voting. Um, cause that is a bit cumbersome, uh, dealing with, voting at the end of a long day and making sure it's accurate with money on the table. We take accuracy of this vote really, really seriously. So um, to hopefully eliminate any possibility of inaccurate counts at the end of a very long day for us, uh, we're going to a digital voting platform. So we're excited to roll that out and make it easier for everybody. We already have an app that we added this last year. Um, So some of the feedback that we got was there's so much beer there, so much cider and mead People don't really know where to start. Um, they don't know how to kind of approach it. So we put all the competitors in the app with a bio description uh, and a description of all their entries so that people can kind of star their favorites, go back to them, they know what booths they're in, make it a little bit easier to, to uh, make your way through the 150, 175 different beers that we have there that day.
0: Oh, no, I, I think that's fantastic. Cause you know, uh, having been a part of some of those people's choice type events, you get all kinds of things going on, especially if you have multiple entries, you can kind of do the ticket swap. Oh, you know, I've got more votes on this beer. So let me combine my two entries to make one of them bigger. And, you know, it's just, it's so much better, you know, at the end of the day, especially an event that size where people are wandering around, they might not make it back over to their spot to vote for the one that truly was their favorite uh so having that that digital format i think really does even the playing field and make sure that people are really voting for who they felt was the best beer
1: yeah we always we know that there's always going to be somebody that kind of wants to beat the system so we've we've known that from the get-go previously when we were doing the um we used basically voting tickets everybody's wristband had a a tab on it excuse me three tabs on it that you could peel off and you and drop into a ballot box those ballot boxes were all sealed um, so, we like to think that there wasn't too much tampering going on. Now we're just going to take it out of the equation. So,
0: is it pretty much one vote per attendee or, or do they get multiple votes?
1: So, we give them three votes. Yep. And they can use that in non beer or beer because we know some people aren't going to drink beer and some people aren't going to drink cider. So, um, you can put those all in one or you can put them, you can spread them out across three different ones. It's up to you.
0: And so what's uh, what's required of the brewers for the competition? I know you, you mentioned enough beer to to serve for the whole competition, which I think per the website was kind of guessing, you know, you need about 10 gallons of beer or a minimum of five for a, a cider or mead. Uh, is there anything else requirement wise for the brewers or any anything that they get in addition uh, tickets in? things like yeah that.
1: so so eligibility um, is all on the website if you want to dig into the details but basically no professional brewers allowed um if you work in a, in a business that creates alcohol and you have any part in that process then you're not eligible to participate if you own a, a permit to produce alcohol in any state then you're not eligible to participate so we want to keep this a true amateur event um, to enter is like you said, ten gallons for each entry of beer, and you can do one entry if you choose. Because I know some people, ten gallons is quite a bit. So, um, so ten gallons of each entry for beer, five gallons for non-beer. Uh, everybody gets a table. Everybody gets their ice for the day. Um, everybody gets a, a laminate credential, a little thank you gift from me, which is different every year. Um, and one entry gets a ticket. Two entries gets two tickets, and so on up to three. Yeah, we encourage folks to come out and uh, decorate their booth and go a little bit crazy and help stand out of the crowd and um now in our third year people are really starting to get that so if you're a good salesman and you have a cool booth and something fun going on you're going to attract a lot of people and you're going to get a lot of traction in the event of course we have live music and great food vendors and stuff like that too so the typical stuff that you got to have at your festival
0: when I understand that there's an application process for the brewers to sign up and register and that opened last month, what's the festival looking for in the brewers? Is it basically a first come first serve as long as you're you're committed or is, or is there more to it of trying to get quality of the participants?
1: Um, it's a little bit of both. We do want to make sure that we have quality participants. So we ask some questions that we feel would help us identify that we we do expect the event to reach capacity uh, but right now there's not um so much demand that we have to really dig into who's going to get a chance and who's not um if you've participated in the event before and it's been a good experience and we've heard good things about you you're definitely getting back in um if you if i got three spots left and one of them's only been ruined for six months then you probably won't get the spot We'll go with the person who's got more grown experience it hasn't really reached a level ex- of exclusivity yet but that's not to say it won't uh, we hope that it will but um right now i think we have 10 spots left and there's probably 12 or 15 applications sitting in the inbox right now so um, we'll reach capacity and we're actually going to let probably 78 or so in because we anticipate some people won't be able to make it
0: Okay. So if, if people are listening to this podcast and they may be interested in, in signing up, there's there's still time to get that done, but probably don't want to wait around very long.
1: No, hoppypasta.com. And you can find the application by clicking on the competition link. Um, it's just a quick form. Take about two minutes to fill out. Um, we'd love to see some newcomers come out and check out the event. There's $5,000 online for the for the top beer entry. So even if you don't win, I guarantee you're going to have a good time. So
0: and you probably get a lot of uh, competitors that may travel in uh, it's not just a local competition of uh, tennessee for us right
1: no we have people from arkansas from northwest arkansas so that's about 750 miles away um in 2020 we had someone from washington state entered uh, but she didn't make it uh because we didn't we didn't actually end up hosting the event um and i'm trying to think this year we had a win- one of the winners was from uh, pittsburgh pennsylvania so It's definitely got a pretty far reach, and I love to see that because, I mean, we hang out with all our local homebrew folks in the clubs, um, but now we're getting to do the same with folks from, from different markets, so that's exciting.
0: So if I'm a brewer that's thinking about doing this, why is this festival one that you just have to be a part of?
1: Well... For me as a brewer, any opportunity where you get to go and not only interact with fellow homebrewers in a really fun environment like a festival typically is, um, but go to an event where you can share your craft and your love of the craft with a couple thousand other people. That's just a great experience for me. I know these types of events are becoming a little bit more commonplace, but uh, due to some restrictive laws, uh, there's not really any out there that are giving away prize money the way that we do. So um, you're going to create a year-over-year camaraderie experience with the folks and the relationships that you build here. We are, we have an online group for people who have participated in the event before, and it's great watching those conversations. People who only see each other at this event are getting re- already making plans, getting excited. So um, you're just going to spread your homebrew network out um, exponentially by participating in this event now.
0: Well, I was going to ask you if you got a lot of repeat competitors and it, it sounds like you do.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'd say, um, I'd say at least 40 to 50% that are signed up right now, participated last year. And I'm sure there's several more that are going to kick themselves if they don't sign up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. We love to see the repeat folks coming out especially the ones that are traveling from a couple hundred miles away. They've they've been planning for the last year and a half, so.
0: (laughs) So for the festival side of things, uh, how big is the attendance in a given year? Um, So
1: we of course got hit a little bit hard with COVID and people being a little bit nervous. We were in September of last year, so things were not the best at that time. We're an outdoor event, we felt comfortable putting some safeguards in place and hosting the event, but it certainly did affect the um, the attendance we were a little bit over a thousand and we hope to be in the 1500 to 2000 person range uh next year so johnson city is a smaller market a lot of people and your listeners may not have heard it of it unless they've heard the song uh wagon wheel which i guess most people have now
0: (laughs) oh yeah that's that's how everybody knows it
1: (laughs) but it is that johnson city despite um that song being geographically incorrect because we're not West from the Cumberland Gap, or east from the Cumberland Beck Gap? Anyway, <laughs> somehow I got off on a tangent, and I don't even remember what was that. What was the question again?
0: Oh, I was talking about the uh, the attendees, the uh, average attendance. And oh yes, yes. So
1: yeah, we saw about twelve hundred this year.
0: Um, we have um, another
1: festival in town, which is usually around three thousand. So we anticipate growing to around that mark. And that's fine with us we don't need to get any bigger than that but we hosted on uh, a minor league baseball field which is kind of another unique thing um just being out on the field is fun it's nice not being out on concrete which some other events are um especially in september you think fall time in september but it's sometimes it is sometimes it isn't in east tennessee sometimes it's still very much summer so um being on that grass is a lot more comfortable than being out on concrete
0: So what other attractions are there gonna be for the festival goers besides obviously all that wonderful beer?
1: Yeah, so we try to bring in some of the better local talent as far as music around. So um, we have music all day long. So starting uh, when the gates open, when VIP gates open all the way through the end, which um, I guess the last band will finish up about seven o'clock. So we got live music the entire day, which I think is a key component to any good party um we have a great vip section that's catered and shaded and elevated so you can kind of see the whole uh, event from there um we have we're planning on adding some more activities this year of course we got the typical yard games we're going to be adding uh, x throwing this year and hopefully that'll be complimentary for everybody too so um it's just a good way to spend an afternoon i mean even if you're not a big beer drinker you can set up your lawn chairs and just enjoy the concert and have a couple beers
0: for those people that are thinking about making the trip out of it, uh, are there any pre-arranged hotel accommodations and things like that as part of the festival?
1: Yeah, we partner with um, two hotels, uh, the Carnegie Hotel, which is an awesome locally owned um, AAA three diamond property. Um, so we have a, a group rate right with them and also with the Doubletree by Hilton. Uh, they've been, both been great partners of ours. And the nice thing about a small market like Johnson City is you're not gonna pay a whole lot for a hotel room. I think our rate at the Carnegie is 120. So, and it's a fantastic hotel right up the street. We'll also have a pre-party the night before. So if you're traveling for the event, definitely come the night before. Um, this will, year will likely be at uh, Tennessee Hills Distillery, which is one of our new partners as of last year, a great local brewery and distillery.
0: So when do uh, the festival tickets go on sale?
1: We do those starting on April 1st and the price of the tickets will be remain unchanged. So they're 35 for the general admission, I believe 60 for the
0: VIP. Okay, what's the uh, What's the difference? What do you get for the extra with the VIP?
1: So VIP is gonna be an hour early entry. It's gonna be a thank you gift. It's gonna be a laminate cred- credential. It's gonna be uh, access to the VIP area, which has a uh, catered meal and shade and, cocktail tastings and some exclusive beer tastings from a couple of the local breweries. So we don't have any commercial beer anywhere at the event, except for in VIP and a couple of our partners here locally, we ask them to brew up something interesting and different for just specifically for this event. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We got to involve them somehow <laughs> can't leave them completely out of the mix.
0: <laughs> so, uh, I mean, to really get involved in, in starting something like this, you have to be, passionate about homebrewing. How'd you get your start in brewing?
1: So I was at a friend's house and he had an extract kit on the stove and we were sitting around drinking, just talking about it. And I mean, it just got under my skin. I was like, anything where I can DIY and tinker is going to be a good hobby for me. And this is definitely a hobby where you can DIY. So that was another aspect of it. I love building different stuff and kind of figuring out creative solutions.
0: Well, this hobby definitely lends itself to that. So <laughs>
1: it does. And and the event planning component of this is also part of my day job. So I work in tourism, so I help other people plan events. So it was kind of an, an easy, easy transition. Well, I won't say easy, but any home brewer knows everybody you share it with. That's not a home brewer asks you when you're opening a brewery. So I got sick and tired of that question. So I s- decided to open a business about beer that wasn't a brewery. <laughs>
0: I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. My response was starting this podcast, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, well, I
1: mean, I don't really want
0: to, but
1: <laughs> what could I do? So,
0: how long have you been brewing?
1: Um, probably like ten or twelve years now. So, it ever since I had my one uh, my child a uh, year and a half ago, I haven't really brewed, but a couple times we've hosted our club here um, before last year's uh, Thirsty Orange competition or not competition festival. Uh, they came and did their club brew here. Um, but I haven't been brewing a whole lot. I need to just uh, ease back into it and do some ciders or stuff that I'm not going to mess up too badly. (laughs) Uh,
0: So what, what's your kind of favorite go-to styles? Uh, IPAs or have always been
1: my go-to style, but, um, I've been a little discouraged by what's being produced. Everything's kind of on the hazy side, which I got burnt out on a little bit. I'm always searching for that bitter and dry West Coast IPA. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I, I can't do those New England IPAs. I, I, I like a malty, give, give me a good Belgian beer and I'm a happy man.
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I can relate there. Saison's probably my second favorite style
0: so uh do you have anything else exciting on the horizon for yourself or uh hoppy possum
1: well um we're excited for this year and some building on the momentum from last year and not having a year off um so we're excited to see where the growth comes from that i hope your viewers come out as a brewer or as just an attendee we love feedback so if you guys have a good idea or something i should do different i definitely want to hear it because this event is about brewers and the attendees it's not about me so um, i want to make it as an enjoyable event as possible Um, we've added another event to our portfolio so any local listeners uh, in the johnson city or tri-cities area we're hosting a little micro music festival in june um so kind of bookend in the summer with something in the spring and something in the fall
0: that's great and i can tell you firsthand that uh when we started kind of talking about doing this interview I, i started looking up the competition and event and already started talking to my wife about it like hey (laughs) this sounds pretty interesting (laughs) might be worth the trip yeah just make a little
1: vacation out of it we're a little north of asheville north carolina so you can find plenty of good beer down there and reasons to go exploring not too far from here we got some great local breweries here little animals in particular focuses on belgian sours and saisons and stuff like that they're fantastic local operation so, make a vacation out of it and come on down.
0: <laughs> all right. That sounds like a good plan. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Enjoyed the conversation. And uh, everyone, don't forget to check out their website at hoppypossum.com for all the information on this great event. Well, yeah. Thank you. Cheers.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate it. Have a good one.
0: Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll continue to work on new elements to add to not only keep you up to date on the competitions, but help you on your path to winning gold. Please make sure that you click the subscribe button to support the show and be informed when new episodes are released. If you enjoy the show and want to show your support, please leave us a five-star review on any and all podcast platforms that you use. That'll help others find the show and continue to lead us to new exciting guests. As mentioned earlier, next week is going to feature John Lawless talking about the NHC and the American Homebrewers Association governing committee elections. And I'll be making my first trip to the Blue Bonnet Brew Off, so I hope to have a lot to share with you about that experience and maybe capture a little bonus audio for you too. Until next time, cheers (laughs) y'all! the stone they got deal we got to the boat took the detour steal down the L2 track so said the guy we were not coming back ripping and a runner everywhere but right and all we got left is this one last night